Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. Last week, I was away, and I was in a very special place for me. You all have heard about it before, but I was with a group called the Women at the Wellsprings, which is a group of women in mid-career ministry, and we have gathered for the past four years with the Benedictine Sisters of the Holy Spirit Monastery in Coleman, Alabama. Maybe some of you, I know some of you have been there. So the women come together from across denominations. They're American, Cooperative Baptists, Catholics, AME, Methodist, Presbyterian, one Episcopalian. We are all in different life stages. We're all in different positions. There are interims, there are associates, there are solos, there are heads of staff, there are retirees. And over the years, we have been together such a special place. It's such a gift to come together with the sisters down at the Holy Spirit Monastery. And through these weeks over the years, we have learned how to support each other so well. We have been there for each other and sharing about great loss, the loss of parents, the loss of health with new diagnoses, the loss of freedom with incarceration of family members. We have stood by each other during hospitalizations, house fires, struggles with mental health, and church hurt in various situations. It has been life-giving. It is transformative, my time with these women. And, this won't come as a surprise, but it has been an incredibly helpful way to better understand contemplative practice and the life of a monastic community. What a gift. On retreat with the nuns, we worship twice a day, first in the morning, where one of our group leads us in something more similar to what we did today. But then at five o'clock before the bell rings, once I sat in my place right as the bell rang. (laughs) So you try to get there before the bell rings, but you gather and you chant through psalms with modal tones, which were gathered before the Industrial Revolution. Sister Mary tells us the movements are geared to the heartbeat of your own body. And you sing through all the psalms, every single word, even the hard ones that we Presbyterians like to skip. And in this beautiful sanctuary, we offer our prayers for the world. And in addition to worship, we always hear from a speaker. Once we even tried a silent retreat. You all may remember that it didn't go for as long as they thought it would go. We had too much to talk about. 
We also met regularly in smaller groups, received spiritual direction, walked the labyrinth, and enjoyed my favorite, Sister Mary's yoga class. And, as you might imagine, I learned a thing or two about St. Benedict and his rule. St. Benedict was born in the year 480 in Nursia, Italy. He is considered to be the founder of Western monasticism. Initially, Benedict pursued a life of study in Rome, but he became disillusioned with the city's moral decay. He retreated to a place called Subiaco, where he lived as a hermit for several years. Eventually, his reputation as a holy man it attracted followers, and so began the establishment of monastic communities throughout the region which took hold and became monastic communities throughout the world. Importantly, St. Benedict is known for his rule. Maybe you've heard this before, St. Benedict's Rule. This is a guidebook that he wrote that has had a profound effect on religious communities throughout history. It emphasizes a balanced approach to monastic life. That means it gives you the guidelines for your daily routine, like how quickly you're supposed to sing through the prayers. He gives you spiritual practices. There's a lot about the governance of faith communities. And his rule describes the importance of prayer, the importance of work, and the importance of community, along with the virtues of humility and of obedience and moderation and love. Now, our most recent retreat, the one that I just got back from, the, at this gathering we studied a particular piece of St. Benedict's rule. And it really reminded me of the psalm that we had already chosen for our stewardship theme that I read to you this morning. So the piece from St. Benedict is from chapter 72, and I'm going to read a brief section of it to you. It's called Good Zeal and Bad Zeal. Okay, so here's what St. Benedict has to say. Just as there is a wicked zeal of bitterness that separates from God and leads to hell, so there is a good zeal that separates from evil and leads to God and everlasting life. This, then, St. Benedict says, is the zeal that monastics are to practice with most fervent love this following after good zeal, and he goes on to explain how. Now, good zeal and bad zeal are not common terms in the 21st century, and we don't always hear things so starkly, even from Scripture, that wicked zeal leads to hell and good zeal to everlasting life. However, the wisdom from the faith communities of the 5th century is wildly 
and widely applicable to our communities of faith today. It is a good word, people of God. So let us look a little closer at this choice between good and bad zeal. First, do you want the good news first or the bad news first? We'll go with bad. We're looking at bad zeal. According to Benedict, here's what it is. Bad zeal is the choice we make when we move toward cynicism and away from the goodness of the promises of God. By choosing bad zeal, we willingly turn away from the light that is Christ, and we allow bitterness to take deep root within us, nurturing a negative, uh, resentful mindset. Benedict reminds us it is a choice we make. It is a choice we make. And knowing community as well as he does, he is a monastic, St. Benedict is clear that we all have bad zeal days. And we all have bad zeal ways. And his point is to remind the monastics with a word that resonates for us today that we have a choice. And when we choose to follow in the ways of bad zeal, it hinders our growth. It prevents us from experiencing the transformative power of love, of grace, that is God. So luckily for us, there is good news too. St. Benedict points out the alternative rule. Good zeal. Good zeal happens when we dedicate ourselves, when we move our lives in the patterns of prayer and service. Good zeal is the choice to ground our lives in scripture and in worship and in witness to the beauty of God's world. This is the better choice. It is rooted in love and it reminds us with deep trust there are promises from God. And for a community, it is a pathway that produces fruit. Humility, generosity, joy, and hope in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. We all have the capacity for good zeal and bad zeal. And no doubt... Everyone sitting in this room has chosen both at various times or seasons. But isn't that rule a good reminder that it is a decision and that it is good zeal that leads to abundant life? Isn't it fitting for the passage that we read today from the psalm? The psalms also explore this choice, Psalm 1. The exact same language isn't used, but the choice is clear that there are both a wicked way and a righteous pathway. This first psalm, it sets the tone for all that is to come. And we know from this beginning, spoiler alert, <laughs> if you read the rest of the psalms, 
Following the law of the Lord is good. It's good. The law is life-giving. It is perfect. It revives the soul. It is right. It rejoices the heart. It is clear. It enlightens your eyes. It is like honey dripping. It is like gold, fine gold. And even when the way is not clear and you are broken, and praise God that the Psalms are full of those words too, but even then, in the pain and in the hurt, the choice to demand from God those promises is clear. Even from James, we heard it today, following the law, the perfect law, it leads to freedom. It is like this, planting yourself by a stream, sinking your roots down into love, deep love, Soaking up water that is life-giving, that is abundant. You will not wither. You will not. And you will produce good fruits in your season. Now, when we first look at the psalm, often, because it's the first one, we see it as more judgmental, and I hope that this new interpretation has given you uh, new light on this first psalm for today, because often when we read Psalm 1, we see the strictly black and white imagery without any tones of gray, and we hear that you can live in one or two ways. You can either be wicked or you can be righteous. You can prosper or you can blow away like chaff in the wind. We are either rooted by streams of water or we are tossed around by the wind. We are either fruity leafy trees or we are discarded by God like a tumbleweed. But when we keep Benedict's rule in mind, right, the rule that says we all have bad and good zeal, we all make those choices. The rule that reminds us that communities all have good and bad zeal, that we all make those choices. When we remember the rule of St. Benedict, we look again at this psalm, and we see something a little more complicated, but also more hopeful, too. Instead of judgment against the wicked and a scramble to count ourselves among the righteous, was anybody sweating out there? <laughs> we see that all of us, every one of us, holds both righteous paths and wicked ways in our own bodies, in our own lives of faith, in our own communities. And we remember that with each new day, blessed every morning, we have a choice to make again. So hear then this word of God for you who are the people of God with this slightly different interpretation. Righteous ways, good zeal, that choice, it's like being a tree where you're planted by streams of water and you yield your fruit in due season and your leaves, they don't wither 
at all. But our wicked ways, our choices for bad zeal, those, they are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Our bad zeal will not stand in judgment, for the Lord watches over the ray of the righteous good zeal, but our bad zeal, it will perish. What a blessed word from the Lord. Because let's be honest, when we get in our bad zeal ways and we make our bad zeal choices, we get so focused on our own grumblings, our complaints, our criticism, our disdain, our despair, even our suffering and real pain. It becomes the stand-in for our structure. It's like it's our skeleton for our very being, for our lives, for our lives of faith. And whether it's that complaint about your spouse that keeps coming up, whether it's one month or 70 years, or whether it's hurt feelings from a church meeting and you just can't get out of your mind what that other person said, those bitter memories, they take over our ruminations. They solidify, they sink us, they're weighty, they drag us down. It's all-consuming, and it can be really hard to move on. But did you hear the good news of Jesus Christ our Lord? Did you hear what the gospel has to say? Do you remember Benedict's choice that we make each day? That we grow when we root near waters of life. That we flourish when we know the good news of Scripture. That the, the bad zeal, it's like chaff. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, with the promise of God, it will blow away. Can you even imagine the impact of this poof in our lives? When our bad zeal is blown away, when you walk into the kitchen and you notice the dishes in the sink and you say, thank you for cooking, instead of, oh my gosh, you load the dishwasher the wrong way. <laughs> Can you imagine the impact of this poof in our lives when you walk into your workplace and you say to your colleague, Can I help you with that heavy load? Instead of, That's not my job, or you better thank me. Can you imagine the impact of this poof in our lives when you turn to God in prayer over an issue? Instead of trying to orchestrate your own way, can you imagine the impact of this powerful poof in our lives when you say, thank you, God, for my friends that support me, even as you feel the real pain of the loss of your spouse. 
Can you imagine the impact of this Holy Spirit poof in our lives when instead of saying, get off the iPad, I told you five minutes ago, you allow your child some time to transition. I'm preaching to the choir on that one. <laughs> Lord knows that we all have wicked ways and we all have bad zeal days. But the promise from God in our passage is that this disdain, this bitterness, this pain that can feel so heavy will, by the power of the Holy Spirit, poof, be blown away. If we let the power of faith and community root us in the practices of love, if we choose good zeal, if we give life and show joy, we will produce fruit. The Holy Spirit moved when the sisters chose this chapter for our last time together. It was fitting when together as the women at the Wellsprings, we looked at good zeal and the possibility of poof for bad zeal in our lives. Because one of the things that struck many of us was how much we had been through together. I alluded to that at the beginning, but also just how much we as individuals had changed through the years. In 2020, some of our group showed up incredibly burdened. And then in 2023, re-centered and healed. And there were women who had an easy time during COVID but now we're dealing with new difficulties that had come their way. Many of us commented on one woman in particular. She had retired early from a very divisive position in a denomination that was in turmoil. And she had taken up a nomadic life on a sailboat up and down the Tennessee River with her husband. And we said things like, you are an entirely new person. You were tied in knots, and now it's like you're free. And before you think, well, sure, retirement will poof anything away, there are other women too. One woman in particular whose children were transitioning gender, two of her three, in an inhospitable environment but she was happier as well. She had been healed by her hard work in advocacy and her diligent prayers and her nearness to God in community, community of faith. For my part, and you all know this, many of you know this, but I just completely wept through our April gathering weighed down by the burden of a house fire. It was bad. <laughs> and I had worked with my counselor about returning to our home, which happened two months ago. So between these two sessions, and she worked with me on how this would be really hard to go back to, you know, the scene of the crime, the place of the trauma. 
but it didn't feel that hard. Thank God. It took me like one day and poof, that despair was blown away. There had been hard work and counseling, but there was also prayer and the love of God's people and the hope in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you all know this too, from bearing witness to each other as you make your way through life, over the years we see in our personal lives, in our community of faith, that what makes us bitter and feel betrayed in one season might, by the power of the Holy Spirit, be transformed. That is good news for us today. And today, as we come forward with stewardship, we remember that that's not an easy choice to commit our finances, to give more of our time, our talents to the Lord, to the ministry that God already is moving here at Covenant. It is a choice, and it is not easy, but it is good and right. It moves us to ardent righteousness when we follow God. When we lean on the Lord Jesus Christ, and as the saints say, and as the psalmist writes, root in love, plant by the stream, choose faith. Follow the word and the abundant life, the everlasting life, the hope of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is ours. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org, that's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.